This is Killer Kelly, and you're listening to Bed Light Podcast. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Bad Light Podcast. I want to quickly thank everyone for checking out the first episode, my conversation with Zia Hilty. If you haven't checked that out yet, definitely go back and listen at that. Really enjoyed that conversation. Always love talking to Zia. Hopefully you're able to find this episode a little bit easier on Apple and Spotify. If you are listening on Apple, please do the, the rating and subscribing thing that every podcast yells at you to do. It helps people find us a little bit easier and everything like that. So it is definitely much appreciated. Also wanted to quickly touch on something I mentioned mention in the first episode's intro why I chose the name Bad Light for this podcast and the zine that we're doing. It's pretty simple. It was just kind of poking fun at the really poor lighting conditions that a lot of us are working in most of the time. It's kind of a fun challenge and it ends up making for some really interesting photos, but it is a common gripe between uh, wrestling photographers, the very poor quality of light that we're usually subjected to in these small halls and hubs and stuff like that and spaces that just aren't really set up to do pro wrestling with a lighting production that makes it easier to photograph. So that's what the bad light name means. And so I thought that was just kind of a fun, fun little jab at those kind of lighting conditions. So today's episode, we are talking to my friend Rob Brazier. Rob is a UK-based photographer, mainly photographs progress Eve, Riptide, and his own promotion called Head Drop. We're going to be talking to him about everything involved with his start in pro wrestling photography and just kind of his process and stuff like that. This is the first episode that I recorded for this podcast. You'll hear me mention it at the end. You know, spoiler, we're not I'm not really putting stuff out in the order that I'm recording them. I'm kind of picking and choosing where I where I want stuff to go. This conversation with Rob is excellent. Listening back to it, I learned a lot about how I want to host this show. I feel like I kind of talked a little bit more than I would have liked to have. In trying to be an active listener, I said like, yep and okay, kind of on top of him quite a bit. It's all kind of the learning curve. We're figuring it out as we go here. Just one of those kind of things that probably only I would notice, but now you're going to notice listening to uh, the episode. But it's all stuff that I've I've already kind of noticed and and I'm taking into consideration for the future. So yeah, getting better with each time. So uh, you can find Rob on Instagram at the head drop on Twitter at Rob Brazier photo, R-O-B-B-R-A-Z-I-E-R-P-H-O-T-O and theheaddrop.com. Another thing I wanted to mention with the Bad Light Zine, which is still available, badlightzine.bigcartel.com. We're still doing $5 each of those issues to wrestlers and contributing photographers that are out of work right now. It could use a little bit of extra money. We've already given some money to some people that has, has helped a little bit. So that's a really cool feature. Uh, if you haven't picked up that zine already, uh, everyone seems to be really enjoying it. We have plans for doing it in the future. I would definitely check that out. I'm super proud of that. Uh, but I did want to mention the artist who did the cover of that zine, my friend Chris Allen, uh, at data81, D-A-T-A. 81, the number eight and one on Instagram. Phenomenal tattooer from the Pacific Northwest. I want to say he lives in Seattle. Uh, He probably lives in Portland. I get those two mixed up of where people live all the time. I know which one is which. I just get confused who lives where. Definitely check out Chris. Huge wrestling fan. Does a lot of really, really cool wrestling related tattoo work, paintings. I think he's doing like commission paintings right now. He did like incredible Kenny Omega versus Cody one a couple years ago. He does the wrestling tattoos at all the StarCast conventions. Awesome dude. Awesome tattooer. Awesome artist. Forgot to give him a shout out 
about on the first episode for the cover art that he did for Bad Light Zine 1, which was awesome. And a lot of people have been ranting and raving about how great that is. Another few people that I want to thank, John Jr. for doing the icon for the podcast. Uh, you can follow him at outlaw.press on Instagram. He's got a lot of really cool bootleg merch on there. His band Culture Abuse for the song uh, that you heard at the beginning of the end of the podcast at Culture Abuse Fanzine on Instagram. Dennis Pasquale for editing all of this together for me at CILA Club on Instagram. Killer Kelly for the awesome intro at Kelly underscore WP on Twitter and at Kelly Wrestling on Instagram. And if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Twitter at brainbuster underscore all my books and shirts and anything else i have available right now is available at brainbusterinc.bigcartel.com now on with our interview with rob all right so yeah here we are we're recording uh, i don't know if this will necessarily be episode one but this is the first time that we're recording for bad light podcast project that we've been talking about or i've been talking about for quite a while now i'm here with rob razor what's up rob hey yeah all good man yeah how's things with you Good, good. We are continent apart. I appreciate you meeting in the middle here as far as some time goes. I'm sure it's yeah, weird to see like early. Yeah, I'm sure it's weird to see like the sun peeking through my window yeah. on the video call. But yeah, so a lot of questions that I get or I should say a question that I get pretty often is how did you get in shooting pro wrestling, right? So maybe how physically did you get to start shooting ringside or just how did you get into the idea of shooting wrestling? So how did you start shooting wrestling, Rob? Uh, I was uh, studying media, but not photography at all. It was all moving image up in Norwich where uh, there was a wrestling company based. One of my friends was filming wrestling there and asked if I wanted to help out. So I jumped on board with that, started doing shows like every month, just filming every now and then. And I had like a little shitty point and shoot camera, but it was basically better than anyone else had, at least on that team. Yeah. So they were like, when you're not filming, can you just take a couple of pictures like for DVD art and stuff like that? And that was basically it. I got on board just by being the only person with a camera <laughs> and just invited ringsides and it kind of spun off from there as part of like the whole learning experience as part of my uh, yeah, diploma. Right, right. So for some context, what like what year was this? This was 2000 and I started studying 2005. I think this was 2006 when I started okay. shooting ringsides. Yeah. Awesome. So the funny I'm dating thing, myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I get it though, man. I get it. So the funny thing about when I get asked that question is like, oh, how did you, how did you start shooting ringside or whatever? What people don't, I guess, don't realize is like nobody cared about wrestling photography. Where like when I mean, I and I started much more recently than you. I started in 2012, 2013, and like there was there was no line. Like now, there's a line of like multiple yeah. photographers. There like, was no one, man. There was in England. I know there was. Sarah Barraclough, who still shoots now, she started a few years before me. And I didn't know him at the time, but Tony Knox, guy up in Liverpool, um, who's really good and was that the nice? first guy whose work I saw, was like, oh, I need to be as good as him, if not better. Yeah. Um, those were the only two people that I re uh, remember. And like the standard as a whole was like way right. down compared to what it is now. Yeah, I have absolutely. no idea about the American scene then. Like, you'd see photos pop up, but I guess it was similar in terms of, like, it's just a person with a camera. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I kind of started, like, I found Zia, and I was like, oh, wow, there's, like, some really, like, talented people, like, shooting, shooting work in, like, the wrestling scene or whatever. And then that was, like, it. You know what I mean? So when, you know, I asked to, to shoot for, you know, a really local place here, uh, I'd already been 
you know, doing photography and stuff like that. Well, I know I'm sure I'll get into that at some point, but, but it was just, there were, there was no, like I was, I, I showed them images that were sharp and decently exposed. They were like, Oh my God. Yeah. Come shoot. You know, please come yeah. shoot for us. Like, and then the same, the same with AAW. So like when people ask me like, Oh man, how do I, how do I get into doing this? And so many of them have work that is so much better than anyone's when I started shooting and me yeah, and you, a lot of people you have to be so good now to get in like, and with such a, like a strong, like it's good, but you have to be like really right. good and have to have such, such a super work ethic. But like, I don't know if I'd have been able to get into it had I started <laughs> like, as I was then, yeah. now, because I would probably give up before I started because there's so much competition and like, where'd you go? Right, right. It's tough. Like, I don't, I kind of don't know what to tell people. Like, it's like, it was just a totally different time. And now, like you said, everything kind of snowballs. So, uh, you know, it you, forces you... everyone to be like, like great though. So like, that's it. Like get, get your stuff down, get your shit down. Yep. You'll get work. Um, right. It's just, yeah, you have to, like, uh, we got lucky more right. than anything because... Yeah, yeah, no, when, totally. <laughs> everyone else was either the shits or, like, <laughs> one person was great, but they were up the other end of the country and, like, everyone else was like, oh, if, if you want to come and shoot for free, be my guest. Right. Well, and shows were less attended, too, so it wasn't like they had a lot of money to give it to, to put into those sort of aspects of their production and stuff like that. And production as a whole was just very different, you know? Like, the visual aspect of of where wrestling is now versus i mean even like three or four years ago is just insanely different and you know from video to photography to even like the artists working in the wrestling space like painters and graphic artists and oh yeah i mean there wasn't that a few years there was ago. none yeah like i think at some point like there'll be people coming to shows and doing like live drawings of the match there is like that's that's the next step well i'm sure like if it's, it's already not, happening i've seen it, it. Yeah, there's, um, God, I wish I, I, I'm not going to remember the person's Instagram off the top of my head, but they do this thing where they just go to uh, different events and like, I think they do like crowded areas and stuff like that too. Just stuff that they want to go to anyway, anyway or whatever. And they do like a sketch of like the entire scene. So it's like the whole crowd and like, you know, for wrestling the ring in there. And it's, it's like, it's all pretty like loose and stuff like that, but it's really cool. And then uh, another friend of mine, Helen Hunter, have you, are you familiar with her at all? I don't know. Okay. So she's a painter up in um, Portland, Oregon, USA. And I think it's Portland. Hopefully it's Portland. It's in the it's in the Pacific Northwest, but she uh an amazing painter. She does like these kind of um like ethereal kind of like loose interpretive paintings, but they're they're just like phenomenal. We have this really great Jushin Thunder Liger painting that she did as a trade that I I fully anticipated getting, and my wife being like, "What is this?" <laughs> and she like because she doesn't care about. I, I mean, she she'll watch it with me occasionally and stuff like that, but it's oh, not. Yeah, she does. It's not something that she necessarily cares about, unless it's like Effie or Danhausen, then she's like about it. I've but, still um, never seen either of them work. I need to like get on that at some point. Like, great. Yeah, I've heard so like so much about them, and I've seen like a ton of their promos. But I'm so yeah. down. I'm so like behind on watching modern American yep. indie wrestling that I just. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm so I'm behind, so I need to go on my way in this time to like watch some of their shit because I've heard nothing but good things. It's tough when a there's just so much of it, and like a lot of it is story based, so it's kind of hard to pick up in the middle of and stuff like that. And there's so much good stuff, so you kind of got to figure out what you like and kind of focus on that. But when you know you're where you're at, you're shooting, uh, you know, normally you're shooting like two or three shows a weekend, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. very rarely do I get a weekend off. So, yeah, it's like one to two. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it will snowball to like three or four. 
Right. But we I have mean, like weekday shows as well, which I think right. is more of a thing here than, yeah. uh, than in America. It's starting to become a thing here. I know like Beyond was doing like a weekly live show on Wednesdays. They were broadcasting on. Oh, uh, I think I've seen IWTV. that. Actually, yeah. yeah, that was really good. Oh, God. What was it called? Um, Are they I, the ones that ran Kingston and Thatcher? I feel like someone did a weekly mm, show and had that on. And I think I went that was what it was. Kingston and Thatcher. Yeah, Kingston was doing some stuff on there. I feel like Thatcher is definitely within who they would have brought in. Oh, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, I'm just none of this. This doesn't matter. But uh, it's a uh, Uncharted territory. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's just really going to bother me if I yeah. couldn't think of it. But so like, and I was actually just going to mention this uh, independent wrestling TV. You, uh, I don't know if they. I'm sure they offer it in the UK. It's just like a, a streaming service. But they have all these other different independent companies on there and stuff like that. But they have. I think they're putting up tonight Effie versus Orange Cassidy the match. Oh, cool! I think I, yeah. Maybe you posted that. I've seen a, a yeah. link and like blurb to that. They probably have a mailer. And I think through. And I think they put up Effie versus Nick Gage last night. This is like the shows that they were on. So like yeah. such a uh, <laughs> like it's like Effie bleeding all over the place and getting thrown through glass on one show, and then the next one it's like him sucking orange juice out of Orange Cassidy's mouth. So like it's like the full gamut of Effie. Uh, I guess we'll 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 kind of snowball that back into photography uh, a little bit. I mean, uh, I guess there was a point I was about to make on that though. Also, when you're shooting a lot of wrestling, I mean, there's like the traveling, there's the editing, there's like. Being at the show early, being at the show late, everything involved with it, it eats up a lot of your your pro wrestling time that you have available in your life. So it's hard to kind of then watch other stuff on top of that. Sure, yeah. And keep it's, up, you know? Yeah, there's like, I'm lucky that I, and I do like traveling, but I'm like a lot of the shows that I do, especially in England, you're not traveling that far anyway. Right. Because, like, at least in comparison to like the States, like a long, like the longest we're going to drive is probably like four or five hours. And, yeah. But most of my stuff is in London. Right. To be honest, and on the outskirts, so I can jump on one train and pretty much go to where I need to go to. Sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I try and maximize my time by like editing at the shows and stuff if I can or right. the transport. But yeah, it really eats into like your watching of other wrestling time. So at the moment, I'm watching tons of wrestling. Nice. I'm uh, like, I'm catching up mostly on old stuff stuff and like yeah. a couple of the current tv products yeah i've uh yeah it's it's almost nice not that the circumstances are good but like i've been able to catch up on some stuff it's been like for me it's been a time to like definitely like work on like some some projects that i put on the back burner or like ideas that i mean this is a prime example of that we've yeah. been talking I, I think i mentioned to you wanting to to do this uh and have you on it I, i'm gonna say at least a year ago uh, yeah probably i remember you talking about it not a year close cool. yeah and and it was just one of those things like you know uh this comes up and uh you know like there ends up being like a weekend where there's all these crazy shows and it's like okay i'm gonna go all do go do all that and then i have to edit everything from that and then you know posting stuff or making stuff from those images or whatever and it just oh, yeah. certain other stuff that maybe you haven't that like the, the start of the creative process seems daunting like this is so far out of my realm of of i'm like so borderline computer illiterate which is funny that's like i joke that's why i shoot film because i just like i'm yeah. terrible with with um computers and stuff like that but so like kind of figuring out you know like all of the the x y and z the the hosting and, and all that kind of stuff was really really daunting to me but it's kind of nice to be able to sit back and like uh take time with those with those kind of projects and stuff like that oh, i was gonna snowball this back into wrestling oh so we were talking about effie that's what got me into that and obviously i've been shooting him a lot for the past year or something like that and Danhausen, i've been shooting him a bunch as well is there anything like for you like as a photographer uh, and how you are kind of like looking at things visually 
is there anything about like wrestling that really like speaks to you is there any like types of characters types of scenes types of scenarios that you're kind of like always looking for when you're when you're shooting uh i generally like people's gear always look at like if it's always not always it depends on the person because like if you look at someone like jordan breaks he has quite plain trunks and he doesn't have a big look but i always find him very visually engaging he's got a good i think just after a couple of times of shooting someone Mm -hmm. you can tell whether they've got it in their eyes or not as to whether i like we can work together and put something great together Right. So, like, I really like working with Jordan, even though he isn't, like, a massive character. Whereas, again, someone who's the complete opposite end of the spectrum, but we still obviously get amazing photos, is someone like Cara Noir. Yeah, um, yep. Who is, uh, like, it's so strange because I remember pretty much him breaking in, like, two or so years after I got in. And okay. he broke in as, like, Black Belt Tom Dawkins. And, like, mm-hmm. I could never, uh, he was just, like, a guy with a black belt and like the gi and stuff sure with no like personality like outwardly at least like right. in front of a show and now i would have never believed that he would have come to the point that he has done but it's amazing to see so like yeah i went basically like spending some time with people lucky mm-hmm. but i've been working for so long in this kind of area but i get to know a lot of people yep. so you uh, get to talk to them before the show and you just yeah you you know you can tell in people's eyes the eyes of it's fucking cliche the eyes of the gateway to the soul or whatever but like it is like someone who is uh, confident and can like fix their gaze on you and knows what their character's about like even if they don't have a massive character they know like they have like a set of morals and ethics and like a conduct that that character has even if it's not explicitly like thrown at you but so you get used to that fairly quickly Right, and it and it fuels how they present themselves, especially when you're, you know, especially when they're in gear. They're, you know, they're putting on their uniform to become that that yeah. person. But just like that, that kind of that confidence that you were talking about, that kind of swagger, whatever it is, of of knowing exactly what they're doing, it shows in the image. It absolutely does, and and vice versa. When somebody isn't super comfortable or doesn't quite have it figured out or whatever, that comes across in the image as well. And maybe you know, not to a lot of people, but as a photographer, and I'm sure you notice it too looking at a photo and it's like somebody could have the coolest mask or the coolest gimmick and the you know a great jacket and like everything like that but if none of it matches up and none of it matches to the way that they are presenting themselves and the way that they're looking into your camera or at your camera away from your camera however you know you're posing them or whatever it just doesn't work the image doesn't have the same power that and that's uh that's part of our job as well like and that's something that like james musselwhite's so good at like taking the uh like the newest trainee Mm -hmm. and like fucking hyping them up he's a great man i've seen and he's like when he's shooting and stuff like he's uh he really hypes them up to like so they're they become that person even if they're not that so like that's part of what we need to do as well and it's something i'm better at at, like doing my home studio stuff like when when, when you have 30 seconds before someone's about to go to the ring and you have to like fucking fish hook them right stand there because they have to like (laughs) plan their matches and like get in the zone or do whatever rituals they do so like i find that easy when I'm in my home studio, but mm-hmm. that's that's something I need to work on, something I need to get better with. Yeah, and James is a master at interacting with his subjects and getting them to do exactly what they're, uh, what he wants them to do to to kind of enact the image that he sees in his head of what he's trying to make of of that person. Uh, speaking of Karen Noir, it seems like 
uh, there's so many amazing photographs coming out uh, of that guy from your guys' scene over there uh, because he does have such an awesome visual aesthetic, but also knows how to like sell that visual aesthetic. And, you know, maybe in the, the terms of wrestling sell, but just sell in general, right? Like he, yeah, he knows... He's, um, he's probably the easiest person I have to work with. Right. Like ringside almost more so than uh, Pose. Like he sure. just knows his character so well. And every I love traveling with him. I remember traveling with him on when it was him talking about the Cara Noir character and like... Oh, so this was like, something he was planning for a while. Yeah, it was... Okay. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, or thought about it at least. Probably happened, yeah, over the course of like six months or so. I would yeah. Maybe longer. Um, talking about that. And then like when we're going to shows, him talking about the kind of stuff he's planning and that kind of thing and like spitballing ideas. Yeah. And, uh, but you could just... The match he had with Pac, for me, is probably the best match I've ever photographed mm-hmm. in terms of not just it was a fucking awesome match. Right. But it was so visually spectacular and there were so many moments in it like he doesn't just like he does a lot of athletic stuff but he's not someone like he's not always coming off the top rope he's not doing like everything has a purpose everything is like he's very quick Mm -hmm. but everything is held and milked and he's not afraid to like almost kill the crowd to bring the reaction up to where he wants to later. So like he has the visual aspects and like how everything's going to look totally in his mind. So yeah, it makes uh, mine and anyone else's job who's photographing him uh, like that much easier. Yeah. Master comedians kind of talk about that where they'll, they'll purposely just like kill a crowd. Yeah. uh, Like first joke out, say something that catches people completely off guard and they're just like, uh, like back on their heels. And then their job is to get people back on their side by the end of it. Oh, Which yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that's necessarily exactly what what Karen Noir is doing, but like that, it's a masterful kind of thing to to be able to play with. But like when you when you have somebody down so low, that crescendo and that build can be even higher. Whereas if you're at kind of the same spot the entire time, it just doesn't have those those peaks yeah. and valleys in there. Uh, I feel like you know, kind of what you're saying with with Karen Noir, it, it very closely mirrors Danhausen for for me. Obviously, <laughs> aesthetically very different characters aside from from face paint. Uh, does Karen Noir wear a cape? Uh, he does, yeah. Okay, they both have capes then and they wear face paint, so maybe more similar than I thought. Yeah. But yeah, Danhausen for a long time was just like black trunks, tattooed guy, good at wrestling, you know, like, looked like a hardcore kid. Uh, had a good look, but didn't kind of have anything specific that he was doing. Uh, and then he started painting his face and he started doing like hardcore, like metal uh, hardcore band designs i guess uh, it sounds corny the way i say that but i don't know if you're familiar with this band converge um yeah, yeah. they're like a metal band they have this jane doe is like their their infamous album and the, the design it's on shirts and everything like that he started painting his face in like the jane doe thing and so it was like it was like oh this is interesting i don't know where you kind of go from here like you, you're, you're not gonna be a converge wrestler or metal core wrestler or whatever and he did like an integrity one and then he started kind of veering towards like texas chainsaw massacre he had like this bag on his head and like like lipstick smeared all over his face and stuff like that and it was like it was going more in the way of like horror and then and then just started doing the the more like nosferatu kind of uh, vampire thing and, and it all just kind of like went from there and he, he realized his sense of humor was the thing that was gonna kind of like mesh yeah. it all together and it's just been like gangbusters since then and i've noticed that shooting him prior and I, I didn't shoot him much or I, I don't think i shot him at all previous to his first incarnations of the face paint but you can see that per, like thing like wheels turning like things starting to click into gear and it's easier to photograph that person because of it because they know their motivation 
to be able to, I guess I should say you're, you're more easily able to kind of hone in your direction of what you want that person to be. Uh, I think that's awesome what James does with, uh, like directing his students. I know there was like a little bit of debate recently about, or not recently, I guess this was a couple of years ago now, like having uh, a set of poses in mind in case somebody comes up, you know, to do a promo photo and they're like, I don't know what to do. And that's like such a complicated thing for me because it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know you. I don't know what your character is. I don't know what your motivation is. I can help. I can help uh, you kind of sculpt how you're looking to make the best possible photograph. You know what I mean? I can kind of play off of what your what I see visually on your jacket, your mask, your haircut, your crazy wrestler facial hair, whatever it is. Uh, I can kind of play off that if you're super muscular, whatever. You're a bodybuilder guy, cool. But it's hard. As a photographer, especially in the world of photographer in the world of wrestling, if somebody isn't as confident with what they're doing and they're they're newer and stuff like that, and we're seeing it more, because I feel like the going from the the ground level to you know be working a lot of places and and people that we're seeing more regularly has never been quicker. You know what I mean? Like you look at like OJMO, he hasn't been wrestling all that long, has he? Uh, no, like 2017, 16, right. maybe. Like, and then yeah, he's fucking skyrockets like right. making a progress scene from doing small shows in the space of a couple of years. Sure. So we're seeing a lot of these people that are, you know, like obviously very athletically gifted and stuff like that and can can do all of the the wrestling stuff. And this isn't a I'm not speaking about him specifically. I, I got a chance to take I think I took two photos of him and they're both like perfect. Like he's very, very photo like photogenic, very easily uh easy to photograph and stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, he did Mania weekend, didn't he? I was I thinking did. like when did he work in yeah. Yeah, he did. Burning. I think I literally took one Polaroid of him. I think that's literally all, like it was like he was about to head to the ring, and I was like, "Hey, man, can I just get one shot?" He's like, "Oh yeah, definitely." That's, just, yeah, he's always that, up for stuff like that. I think I may have done his first portrait session or one of them. I found them going through hard drives the other day. Yeah, and it was just like it was to the point where he maybe didn't even have the gimmick name yet because right. it was just the album was just like real name photos <laughs> right right wow oh, you have okay. albums look so at I you i had that for spike trevay as well like around the same time as as another guy who's getting fairly big yeah on the uk scene now i was like this is before they must have they did have the gimmick but like whether i knew their name or because i think they just started off in the uh sure. progress training school or the knuckle ups training school is now uh, but I guess the point that I was trying to make is you, you, uh, with some of these guys, like, like the two guys that you mentioned, there's like some, some younger guys that I'm trying to think of, uh, that I, I'm just like drawing a blank right now that, that are in, in this kind of scene. Those people that, that kind of figure out what their, their visual aesthetic are and are, um, more open to being photographed and more available and stuff like that. I feel like you, you kind of see their, their following grow. Like, I feel like that helps their following a little bit. Oh, you know sure. what I mean? Uh, it's really bizarre to me, uh, you know, going off that 30 second time window that we normally have, which it obviously relies on a, a vast array of circumstances. You know what I mean? Like there is, you know, I, I'm thinking back to a show that I shot earlier this year and they, they had a, um, it was for a warrior wrestling in Chicago. And they're just kind of like infamous in the, in the Midwest for bringing these like just insane dream cards. Like just, I don't know how they do it. They, they do it in this Catholic high school gymnasium. That's like the Catholic, it's the principal of the Catholic high school that, that runs this, this wrestling promotion. And it's like a fundraiser for the school, but they had a show that I shot for them recently had, uh, Will Ospreay, Amazing Red and Minoru Suzuki all on it. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, also I think like Lance Archer, there was, there was like insane, 
insane talent on it. But they had a, it was like this, they call it a war of attrition match. And it's this complicated six person, three team or two, three person team. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like this whole thing or whatever. I hate uh, this fucking it already. Oh, oh, I, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. I don't do, I, unless it's like vital, I, I don't really shoot ringside for multi-man matches anymore it's just like it's such a clusterfuck and i've been like it's just not it, i never get any cool photos out of it the f- matches by and large this one was for a, a championship some so obviously it was much more important but they already had ringside photographers so i didn't need to be out there or anything like that normally a big multi-person match it's a scramble or it was all the people they booked and then they were like well shit we got to put these guys in something so like we'll, we'll throw them all in this so it's really not like vital either it was so it was this this uh, six woman match and it was like Rip Baker and Big Swole and uh, Tasha Steeles and Jordan Grace maybe no Jordan Grace wasn't in it Tessa Blanchard great incidentally she's the best like thing. shooter Big Swole oh my God yeah so so Riptide so good so you know there's like these six women in this match that are all people that I'm like. Like, oh, this is why I want to go to the show to photograph these people. And I just kind of didn't consider it before I got there that they would be going through a six person oh, yeah, but... for like two hours before their show. Oh. Before the... So I'm like, yeah. there's just no chance here. Uh, luckily, a couple of them were, were nice enough to, to steal away for a second. And uh, it's one... hard when people are planning matches as well because you don't oh. want to be the punk going, like, oh, I'm going to take some photos, please. Right, please. right. Because. Like, <laughs> People appreciate it though, like they like if they have the time to do it, yeah, then uh, they then they will. But I always try and like pick my moments and like just right. make people aware that I'm there and always try and pick like yep. a spot. I, I did so long as the venue like works out that way, right. try to pick a spot that's either right in the dressing room or like right by the entranceway, ideally in sure. the dressing room because sometimes the entranceway can get a bit cluttered, but it's yep. like. Yep. It's wherever you have to go, really. Yeah, you're abs- you're absolutely right. And so usually what I'll do in that situation, or I shouldn't say in that situation, in, in, in those situations is I'll, if there's somebody I really want to photograph, I'll, I'll go up to them before, you know, sometimes even before they're even like started to get into gear or whatever and just be like, hey, you know, I'd really like to do some portraits with you at some point tonight. Would you rather do it before your match, after your match? Like I'm open whenever. I just kind of want to like give you the heads up so it's like kind of in the back of your brain. And 10 out of 10 times it always is not in their brain again after that yeah. but uh you're at least kind of like opening that door to then when you're later being like hey just like a reminder i'm here yeah. but then like the other thing about it is because you're waiting for that that and a lot of those situations just that 30 second window of like okay here's where i can like grab this person by the collar of their shirt obviously i'm not grabbing by the call by the collar of their shirt but hypothetically or uh what's the word i'm looking for there we go not hypothetically that's not the right word yeah. grabbing them by the the collar of their shirt throwing them in front of hopefully a decent looking backdrop you know what i mean and then and then like snap 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 and then they're off uh or whatever but you i don't know if i don't know if this happens to you but i I feel like the biggest weirdo because i'll be standing there you know if i'm not shooting ringside for whatever that matches and just kind of like like waiting but like i know like i'm not like hey man i'm waiting on you but like i'm standing there just kind of like when oh you're yeah, ready. hanging out, like looking, for, uh, <laughs> right. like keeping one eye on the person yep. to be like, okay, they've stopped looking at their phone or they've stopped like planning the match now, yep. and like I'm gonna grab them before they go and get food right. or like whatever. But you also don't want to feel like you're just standing there like staring at oh, somebody yeah, like, while they're like, and they're just like, what are you doing? Because because then like talking about like energy within, you know, if we're talking about portraits and stuff like that, if we're talking about energy within the photo, like what they're feeling that day will absolutely impact the photo that you make of them you know what i mean like there was like and and this is 
nothing against him at all or anything like that. But like uh, I shot a show with Walter and I was like super, super excited. I shot his portrait before. He was awesome. I did like a, a tag team. You were there. It was the the, the New Orleans show. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, yeah. When I did those those Polaroids, um, which Progress was like super, super nice enough to let me do there. But I did like the, the Polaroid of him and Thatcher together, which turned out awesome. And he was super sweet, like, you know, awesome. Uh, totally down for, for photos and everything like that. Uh, but he came to where I live in Des Moines, Iowa. I think it was on like a, he doesn't seem like the kind of person that loves like big out of country tours, which I get. I, that would never used to travel at all. Like it's yeah. only like in the last couple of years. Yep. Uh, which I get. I, I've always, I've always been like, Hey man, respect. I, I, I wouldn't want to, if I could do exactly what I do and not have to go more than like four or five hours from my home ever ideal, you know, that would be, yeah. that would be ideal. But, um, but it was like, I think he had just done like a big PWG stretch the weekend before. Yeah, I think exactly. probably like some shows during the week or something like that. And this is just like this, you know, Des Moines, Iowa is not a, a major market. It's not a big city. It's, you know what I mean? It was, it was Sandy Callahan's show. So it was, it was a good, it was a good show. Uh, there was a lot of like, it wasn't like him and then like a drastic drop. It was like, oh yeah, it's a years good on the show, you know, it was, it was a good show, but you could just tell he just like, it was cold. It was shitty weather. You know what I mean? It was just not, yeah. not a great. And I was just like, but when am I ever going to get to photograph this dude again? And so like the photos turned out like fine. They're good, but they, they're not. I knew as I was taking, I was like, this isn't going to be the image I have in my head of like that, like great, like menacing, like super powerful stance. Cause sure. it's just like, it wasn't feeling it, feeling that way that day, which is completely understandable. Um, so there's like definitely a little bit of luck of like when you're catching somebody at a match they're super excited about or a show they're super excited about. They got new gear that they're super excited about. Something like that and they're feeling like real good and like ready to go and stuff like that. There's also other people that can turn that on whenever. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Uh, There's some people like who will turn on like sometimes that's almost uh, a, a, like a curse in a way because you'll have to like pry them away. You will grab someone for photos and they'll bust out their 10 poses. And you're yeah. like, actually, I was thinking about something like you've coming yeah. in with this idea and you have to prize them away from doing their like, the, like, the, you know, the muscle poses or whatever, sure. like the go-tos. And you're like, hey, how about this? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you'll, that kind of thing is great. Like when I was doing Fight Club Pro, mm -hmm. uh, one of their tag team uh, weekends, I was doing one day and I needed to grab pretty much everyone on the roster sure. for photos just as they were going out to throw on social media. So then like I got Pentagon as his entrance music was playing, fair play to him for even coming over. Yep. Um, shot him. That's great. Nearly, oh, that uh, yeah, he's so fucking cool. He's a really nice guy too. Absolutely. Uh, no, uh, he's a he's a menacing, terrifying skeleton ninja. Oh yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah but such a like sweet guy. I've uh, <laughs> photographed him and refereed <laughs> him now, and he's yeah. reason to work He's with. great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just grabbing those. So having those people then who don't need direct it because it was all like. Uh, it was, I think Sammy Callahan was on that show. Mm -hmm. Pac was on that show. Like uh, Callahan Penn refuses to be Phoenix. photographed. It's pulling. Uh, the like, other two guys from Ohio, the Sammy Callahan guys. Are yeah, Jake uh, and Dave Christ. Yeah, yeah. They were fucking great. LAX yeah. were on. So it's all oh, these guys who right. know how to fucking just like mm -hmm. pose straight away. So that's when that comes in perfect. When you're like, yeah. no, I got, actually got like, of all the people who I hadn't shot on that show and really wanted to, one person who I got like two, three minutes with was Pac. So I was like, yes, I haven't, I hadn't shot him since like 2009 or 10. Right. Um, and this was last year. So it was like fucking 10 years apart. Yeah. 
I had, I, so that was great. But that was so good on that show. Like, yeah, having, because I got about five to 20 seconds with everyone. So right. it's all the people who didn't need directing, like converging on me. And I can go, yeah, got your picture. Go do your right. match. I'll throw it up on socials. Right. I was kind of doing that uh, at a Ring of Honor show. And sometimes like like what you're saying with Pac, where you're like, you're like, I'm not expecting getting any time with this person. And you end up getting like an extended period of time to like shoot with yeah. them. And you're like, oh, OK, let's do this. Something similar happened to me that I was doing like this Ring of Honor War of the Worlds thing. Uh, it's just kind of a lot of what I do is I'm just kind of like, hey, can I come shoot some photos of the show? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I just kind of show up and just do whatever, like shoot whatever I want. They can yeah. use whatever they want. Uh, and, and I just kind of can do whatever I want with the photos. Uh, and that's kind of just the way that I operate. But Roosh was like the the oh, one yeah. that I was like, I, I really want to fo- photograph this dude because I, again, don't know when I'll ever get the chance again. Larger than life first, like very intense, cool visually and just like really wanted to photograph him. And so I must have asked him 15 times. Like, yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. he was just like, he, he got in gear really early and I was like, okay, like this is going to happen. Yeah, it seems like a and, yeah, perfect, right? And he's like talking to people. He was always like, yeah, yeah, man, don't worry. Like, we'll do it. Like he was never like rude or dismissive or anything yeah. like that. But it was like, and I was like, it was getting close to like when his match was up. And I was like, man, I just don't <laughs> yeah, think this is going to happen. And then he like just disappears into the locker room for a minute. And he comes back out and he's just like dripping from head to toe, like just like breathing super heavy, like spitting water everywhere. And he's just like, all right, let's do it. And then just like, uh, save me like a full three minutes. And he's like doing every like pose that he's got. And like, I, I just had like a brick wall to work against or whatever. But like, that I got some really cool photos. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, so like, so generous with his time and stuff like that. Cody so Rhodes those- was the same. Um, Cody Rhodes was the same with me. Cody Rhodes, like, yep. Uh, I had a show with him, and this was one I, um, one of the very few ones I was just there to uh, do backstage stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would like asked him. He said, "Yeah, sure, do." And it was the same kind of thing. I was like, "Oh, it's getting kind of close to his match time." And then I don't know whether he want to do it afterwards. And then yeah, just like went away for a little bit, came in, and like, yeah, let's come, let's go do some photos. And again, it was like yeah, like a concrete wall. Yep. Uh, and with one light and an umbrella, and I had a flash on my camera. Pictures, <laughs> which, uh, which I think still pop up every now and then. Now, although he's got the different coloured hair and the neck tattoo, sure. now every yep. now and then they still pop up on uh, lots of companies. Although one company actually bought the photo off of me to oh, like, cool. they, like an American company as well to like use on their posters. So I was like, oh, that's cool. But I've also that's seen awesome. about on a bunch of others as well. Yeah, but, yeah, that's the nature of a beast. Sure. He actually, he, he came to AAW one time when he was Ring of Honor champion and like, I'll never get over how kind and, and just like, he treated everyone on the show like a peer. And I'm not saying like every wrestler on the show, I'm saying every person working on the show, he, yeah. like, you know, like he's goofing around laughing with the dude that runs sound for AAW, like just like made sure just like, like small stuff like that of like kind of that, like leaving things better than you found it kind of thing. It's like such a big, I know it's like kind of corny, but it's like, it legitimately does matter you know what i mean like he wrestled djz on that show uh walking walking wild on nxt now but djz who chicago native i got to shoot him a bunch awesome dude phenomenal wrestler yeah i shot him once last year he's cool great great dude uh he shot or he was wrestling him and it was like cody is in the bullet club ring of honor champion he's got he's it was when he had the the ring gimmick and he was like oh yeah that was the ring and stuff like that it was fantastic he and DJZ, you know, like was like fighting for like the mid card championship in, in AAW. So, you know, like there was in the pecking order of things, there was a yeah, pretty was a drastic uh, difference in, in kind of where they were on the card at that moment or whatever. But like Cody Gate, like Cody made sure I made the joke about Pentagon being a 
ferocious uh, skeleton warrior earlier to, as like the protecting kayfabe kind of thing. So I, I don't want to get like too inside baseball or whatever, but Cody made sure that DJ Z looked really good coming out of that match. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Cody was the heel. So like I, I DJ Z even had a visual pinfall on Cody Rhodes as ring of honor champion. It was like, there was fuckery with the ref and the ref got knocked out. And DJ Z hit his finish and got verbal three count from the audience on Cody Rhodes. Over, like a guy like Cody and like, you don't have doesn't to affect him. Yeah, you're securing yourself. Right. Like I find sometimes like the biggest stars are the ones who like are the best to work with in terms That's of That's why like, they're the biggest stars. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember like you know, it's just so sometimes like trying to chase people to down down to do photos. Mm-hmm. I remember Chris Masters like chasing me down to do photos. That's awesome. Like uh, stuff like that. And like Fit Finley who was like, Oh, well, he wanna do photos and it was like, Yeah, he spent all the time in the world with me and I wish I was sure. a better photographer then <laughs> though I would have some photos that I was halfway proud of. Right. Um but yeah, that's... but yeah, I just wish uh wish yeah. But that's the same with so many people. I fucking shot Mazawa when I was an awful photographer and like there's yeah. some things you just, you know, can't get that back now. Right. So I got I had Steen when I was like was very nervous and had very little clue what I was doing and yeah. like he won the the belt for the place that I worked. I was like, "Wow, that was really cool. I got to shoot Kevin Steen." And then uh the promoter's like, "Hey, we need pictures of him with the belt." And I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. I, I hadn't done any promos for them at this point. Like they were oh, just cool. using whatever old ones they had. I had never done anything like that. So I had my little speed light on my camera and I was like, "Okay." And you've been to Berwyn Eagles, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was at Berwyn Eagles, and I I ran up that back staircase to, up to like the locker room. I chased him up there. I was like, oh, uh, uh, excuse me, excuse me, sir. And this is like I'm a year maybe yeah. into shooting wrestling, and like this dude is like my favorite. You know what I mean? Because it was like uh, it was in that in between Ring of Honor and WWE run, and so I was like real nervous about it. And uh, and so I was like I was like, uh, hey, they need they need some pictures of you with the belt, just like whenever you get a second, because the match just got finished. And he was like, sure, yeah, yeah, man, no problem, right now. And I was like, uh, are you sure? He's like, yeah. So we just did it against that brick wall at the top of the staircase, and I was like on the the, the top stair, like trying not to fall backwards, like while oh, trying sure, to get these yeah, photos. Yeah. And like put the belt in his mouth, and he's like, you know, chewing on it and doing, you know, his like couple poses. I shot maybe four photos, and they all, I mean, for my ability at the time and the equipment that I had in the situation I was in or whatever, they were all like perfect work for the poster done and i was like cool thank you so much he was like are you sure that's it he's like you can do like we can do more and i was like now of course i'm looking at this and like of course why wasn't i like yeah man let's go outside and let's go to the 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 safe mart down the road and take a photo of you in the aisles or something like that but yeah Yeah, he was like get it man like yeah working with people like that's so good yeah i was just like i was just like okay but like you you kind of you see like people's different personality you know what i mean like with like people that are more willing to take some extra time and stuff like that prioritize that versus people that are prioritizing maybe spending a little bit more time talking to someone that they think they can like learn something from or all that kind of stuff you just you you encounter a lot of different personality types i guess is what i'm trying to say and how they interact in this very chaotic stressful environment is always like kind of interesting to see and i feel like we get like an interesting microcosm of that as we're like bugging these people to try and photograph them or photographing them as kind of like a candid thing which is like another really interesting thing like the candid candid backstage photography at wrestling i can't wait to i'm like 
again, it's one of those things I do every now and then, but it depends. Obviously, some dressing rooms, it's really difficult to do that. Right. Kind of it, you just can't some places. Yeah, it's super dark or whatever. And now I'm like, I just can't wait to do so. Well, like when we're back and when everything's normal, I can't yeah. wait to just like document everything. So, yeah. Because I like going through some stuff recently. Like I found some stuff photos but i forgot what i've taken so i'm looking forward to putting them online at some point plus it, it like i find with the candid stuff and someone was talking about this the other day i think will osprey maybe put up a facebook status about it like pictures what's people's stance of pictures like wrestlers who've just worked a program bench throwing pictures on facebook or whatever of them like yeah. they're around each other right. that kind of stuff so like i feel like give it six my personal answer was like yeah, give it six months yep. i know Everyone's going to be happy that I took these photos. Yes. Like, I took a couple of pictures um, of uh, David Starr and Jordan Devlin that like, I took a year ago and didn't release them straight away because I know that they're still they're working that blood with feud. each other. They've just wrestled each other and they're still working with each other in yeah. Ireland. Uh, but like when those go out, like they'll be lovely. You know, and right. like, everyone will be super happy that those were taken. Um, so yeah, like I feel like that's, yeah, that's something I can't wait to get back to and document about more. You like where we like you kind of have to earn that trust with people though. You know what I mean? Like oh, that you're sure, not yeah. that you're not going to tell a part of the story that they're not trying to tell. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. we're, we're documenting. Every, like everyone to a point knows what wrestling is. Like even the people yeah. who think who is like smart don't know a hundred percent, but they like know ninety percent. I think the public, you know, know fifty, sixty percent or whatever. Yeah. So like, there's no like you can't like put the uh like the lid back on the bottle like you know no. the water's spilled out already but like you don't want to like insult people's intelligence or you just you just don't want to outwardly make people look shit right right like want to like there's still some kind of element that you want to preserve so there's still certain things that uh i won't photograph or but and yeah there's i mean there's certain stuff that's just awful like that's just or i'll take a picture and then just like ask someone later hey what do yeah. you think? I've taken this photo. Always better to take the photo and then ask than to ask. Um, yep. Because if the person says no, you know, they haven't seen the photo yet. The photo might be amazing, but right. you without their knowing. But if you've asked them and they say no, you, you can't show them. Yeah. So. But you, you, I mean, you have to gain the trust to even make the image, though. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just some random person there and you start shooting photos of two guys going through their match before the show, like, that... It's oh, not about a bunch and more so on the defensive, like, you know, we've, like we've gone through periods of uh, over here, like every weekend. I remember at one point there was a different like wrestling documentary crew backstage at like one right. of the companies I was working for. And most of it was like uh, every now and then we'd see something, but often it would just come come to nothing and they'd be like filming in the dressing room. And like this was like a while ago, so it was more protected than it is now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like. I remember wrestlers kicking off about that. So yeah, you do have to be around a while, and I'm lucky that like I have been around for like. Mm -hmm. But I'm considered like part of the old guards to a right. point because like I I was there when like British wrestling was quote unquote you know like for shits or whatever. Right, right. Know, like to be honest, it's crazy because you do start. It's completely flip reverse now. Now the shows that are promoted to like a smart internet crowd do really well, and I think like some of the touring shows maybe less so. Sure, but which is the flip of what it was. Yeah, yeah. The family friendly shows. I remember doing one in like 2007, 2008 on like a Wednesday or Thursday evening. Mm -hmm. The football was on in that town, so that was a big deal, and they drew seventeen hundred people. 
without advertising anyone. They, they just yeah. advertised wrestling. Right. And it, those were the shows which, which were in the theaters, which had the amazing lighting as well. So, mm -hmm. that, uh, <laughs> and now it's sort of flip reversed and like, right. you know, like, I don't think they can get away with that now. Whereas no. like it, the shows like, uh, progress and fight club pro and people like that and ICW. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going towards like more kind of like niche, like markets and stuff. You gotta have a niche now, even in yep. the, like, is like I run, I've run three shows mm -hmm. and in a venue which has I've got to be like ten different wrestling companies. Right. So you've got to like stand out. So everyone needs to have that kind of like, even if it's not like every, like Shakara, everyone wears masks. And it's right. Like, you don't have to go that far. You have to have a hook, way, but like you have to have this like identity of uh, like this is why people come to you because you give them this products that no one else can give you or no one else can give you as well as this right but i mean we were kind of talking about that with with wrestlers like the the people that have the more clear identities that they're that they're kind of going towards that they're more confident in seem to be the more successful and i feel like the same way with pro wrestling like i mean you look at like the schadenfreude guys and the schadenfreude and friends shows like those guys had a very like this is what we want our wrestling shows to be like and they've been very successful from yeah. i mean from what That's i've, what I've gathered stuff. online i started yep. progress uh, from show one and like no one was running stuff like that at yeah. all they were and now really look at them <laughs> yeah, they were like the blueprint, I would say, for Absolutely. like them. And, and I wasn't really fam that familiar with Fight Club because it was a different part of a company. Uh, country, yeah. rather, I wasn't working there. So um, I'll take people's word for it. I know Vave has a lot of like influence as well. But from like down south, it was progress. They right. were like, no one ran in London before. People said you couldn't do it. And now... Um, like they when they started as well, like they really had that punk rock attitude. Yes, yeah, that was what that was got. No what got one, me super uh, yeah, that was their selling point. They were running music venues, and mm. no one else was doing stuff like that. And it was great for me because my photographs looked different because right. they were running in music venues which had different kind of lighting, a different kind of aesthetic. It pumps the crowd up, so you have a different kind of like crowd reaction shots, which is something like when you start working as a photographer, like a wrestling photographer. I, I never thought about it and it took a couple of years and oh god you have this whole like it's not just the ring it's not right. just the venues there because I was like i did just about to touch on that i didn't know anything about photography you're talking earlier about when i started like yeah. i'd never taken photos i had a point and shoot camera to like take pictures on nights out and stuff because right. i was old enough that you know i don't think phones even had cameras then yep. or same thing i had i had one as well <laughs> So like um so i didn't know how to take photos really i taught right. myself so like i and no no one telling me like oh you should be looking this way as well instead of that way so right. and like eventually when you have a product like progress and people like the crowd's going mental it's only natural and, and like the chanting and the singing and stuff like that it's only natural but you would turn around and like take take pictures of them as well so right um, so it's yeah tell the whole story you know yeah companies that have fostered that kind of environment mm -hmm. um yeah it's how it's helped my photography even even visually different venues i've noticed this a lot over the past uh, couple years here i shoot in this venue in chicago called logan square auditorium all the time it's the okay. venue with the big like beautiful circular lights at the top of it or whatever and i love that venue it's like it i've always said it's like my favorite venue to shoot in but i've shot so many shows there over the past like year and a half and like all the photos just kind of start to like look the same because it's such a a, a visual venue right you know th that's not to say there's anything wrong with that venue but i i crave i crave different scenery 
to kind of add that other like variety of oh of course there's only elements so, to, certain amount you can your do photos. until you're buying extra gear to make it look different right. or like things like that like there's one venue i shoot in regularly uh which um i've now because i was getting so annoyed with the lighting situation there i bought external flashes hooks them up and like <laughs> Unfortunately, again, just before like all this. Right, right, right. Now, when I go back, I'm going to work with like maybe using some gels during rings yep. as well. And started off with like because they run a training school there, so practicing on a training session or a student show or something, and then uh, to mix things up. But yeah, other than like buying that, buying new equipment, yeah, you need to go to uh, different different places and different venues. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, there was something else I was going to going to touch on with that, and I'm just having a real hard time remembering what exactly that was now. I like I'm the king of losing my train of thought. I, I teach at a community college, and there's like so many times where I'll just go on like a random photography rant, and then I'll just be like, I don't know why, how I got to this point in this conversation, but yeah. uh, <laughs> we need to get back on back on the track here. Ah, whatever. Uh, we're kind of getting to about that like 50 minute mark. Uh, I said like a couple, uh, I think I'm going to try and do this thing where I have like a couple of questions that are just kind of like rapid fire, more like interviewee yeah. type questions that I'm going to kind of ask at the end here. So can you think of a photo that like really stands out to you that you've made in pro wrestling? Like doesn't necessarily have to be like technically the best photo you've ever made. Doesn't necessarily have to be like the, the biggest wrestling star in the entire world that you've ever made a photo of, but like maybe something that you like, had pre-visualized and turned out better than you expected or something that you were like oh, i wish i could make something cool out of this but didn't think you did and then you ended up doing it just anything that like kind of like stands out to you um uh, one of my favorite pictures i've ever taken uh it was back it was i mean it's wrestling related it wasn't actually at a wrestling yeah, show i'd gone up to uh, uh i was in glasgow because william regal was doing mm -hmm. uh his spoken word tours um and he was doing a show up in glasgow and i message for promoter beforehand i just said oh, do you think do you think i might be able to get a minute or two with him to like take it i think i had like an idea for a project at that point but it was slightly more all-encompassing sure. uh, not just regal but like a lot of different people but at the very least i wanted to shoot regal because he was my favorite wrestler ever yeah, it's um, regal too so why yeah. wouldn't you <laughs> and so i was like oh do you think uh do you think he'd be a he'd, he'd give me a minute or so and um and then the promoter messaged back almost uh like immediately said sure i'll ask him and uh, like a minute later he emailed back again he said yeah that's that, that's fine so i was like oh shit okay cool pretty yeah um so we got there and um we uh it was in this comedy club and it just looks like an old school comedy club it's perfect and i get him seated uh amongst the tables like sitting just in front of the stage and i really like this photo um but then like a couple of minutes later i'm like that's i, I do really like it and but it seemed on camera, it seemed like, oh, it seems a bit dark. Mm -hmm. Like, and I later salvaged it and it was fine. But I was like, oh, what is this shit? Right, know, this, this moment you'd really been looking forward to. and Yeah. yeah. And at this point, the crowd's coming in, so he can't go back out. Sure. Um, so I go, uh, go looking for him. He's in a dressing room and it has this really bright blue wall. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, do you mind if... Uh, what if I tried like taking that? And he was like, oh yeah, fine. It's completely like very like, he would have given me all the time, as much time as, <laughs> yeah. as many times you asked, he would have said yes. And then I take like a couple of pictures and then he just looks down to like straighten his tie or something, or just to like, I think fiddle with his waistcoat. Yeah. Um, and I take the picture and he's looking down and that's the one. 
Yep. And that's one of my favorite pictures because it's like, it's like I got what I wanted because it's, it's part of like that I had the nerve to like, I mean, he's just a human being, but I didn't yeah. know go and ask him for a second shoot yep. uh, it has that bright blue wall it's him yep. it's every so like that for me is like uh yeah is is a banger for me like oh uh, and i think i backed it up on about four or five different <laughs> yeah. like, files the jpegs everything clouds every you just yeah. everywhere yeah you'll yeah. never lose those photos uh that reminded me of one one thing specifically uh that that like it pays to to ask like if you if you feel like you didn't get it and you have that opportunity that you can ask for a second one just do it i that happened to me there's another ring of honor show in uh I, I had a buddy that used to work for ring of honor so he would always get me hooked up with with shooting photos of people and and he was always just kind of the ambassador it's like yo this dude's with me anything he wants give it to him kind of thing you know what i mean like with like the wrestlers like if he wants to take your photo like he's with us like do it you know and um it was all of those singapore novels were there so it was like pre-shingo so it was the whole five five member group okay. and uh, it was before the meet and greet and they're all in gear and everything like that i'm in the same room where this big meet and greet's happening and i was like i was like yo bird do you think there's any way i can get a picture of all of lij together he's like yeah dude they're super cool i'll ask him and so he like goes over and he's like hey i'll buy you guys all a beer if you take a photo with my friend he's like, <laughs> yeah, nice. sure. and so they oh, all go yeah. and they they like they like squat up in front of this like it looks like a stained glass window wall yeah. and it was like I, I was so like like just like oh my god this is like there's no way I ever thought this was going to happen. So I took like two Polaroids and they turned out not very good. And I was like, fuck, like this is like, I had this opportunity and I just wasted it. And so like after the meet and greet got over, I, and I talked to Bird a bunch throughout the whole thing or whatever. And I was like, I was like, man, I don't think I really got that. And I was like, I was like, do you think they're going to be mad if I ask him again? He's like, no, dude, just they're, they're cool. Don't, don't worry about it. And so I did. I was like, I was like, hey, do you think we could do one more? They got in the exact same formation, like the exact yeah. same formation. Like you can't tell the photos apart aside from how bad one is and how not I bad think there's is. something like in the culture of japanese wrestling yes. as yep. well i've never had any issues like wrangling uh nope. japanese wrestlers like i literally once had uh riho and emi sakura like come because there was like a pro wrestling venue so i don't think there was any room small. to yeah. do stuff so like emi sakura and riho came to my house down the road to so take cool. photos yeah. like i've never had yeah japanese wrestlers are always and like yeah. willing to do uh like yeah just yeah. every single one and like to be honest down yeah. the card everybody yeah. like yeah suzuki. always been super easy to work with yeah suzuki was great for one that time. show i worked with suzuki he was in gear before the show started yeah like, like that's it yeah legend and he's just sitting there he's like just, i mean he was like that sounds weird that he was like sitting there like a psychopath in this catholic school lunchroom uh that we used as a, a locker room but no he's like you know chatting with a couple of people and stuff like that but he was just he was just ready before the show the couple of times i was able to photograph liger like went out of his way you know what i mean it was like yeah. it was like yeah, um, was oh man i i again my friend bird I, I a lot of the photos that i have that are really cool i wouldn't have if it wasn't for that dude but there's for aew now which i'm so happy for him because that dude has grinded so hard and now has like makes a legitimate living off of cool, being involved in wrestling That's dream uh, right, exactly. Yeah, I was like, oh man, is Liger still back here? He's like, he's like, I think he went to the locker room, or I think he's like changing or whatever. I was like, ah, damn. He's like, oh, do you want a photo? And I was like, yeah, obviously I want a photo of yeah. Liger. And he's like, okay, hang on. And uh, it was when him and Cheeseburger were tagging together. And okay. so like, they like Cheeseburger or Liger loves Cheeseburger. Like those dudes are like like good friends. So like Cheeseburger was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll go grab him. And so he just brought out Liger and like. Liger was like, yeah, yeah, cool. And like, I snapped a couple photos. And Liger's a really chill guy. He's another <laughs> one. Like, I just wish I'd 
been better or right. had like a bigger i had like a narrow corridor with i think natural light and that was sure. and not that much of it at the time yeah uh, I just wish i'd been better i uh, think i've had yeah i think i've had three opportunities there's that polaroid and then the two in new york that was like him x-pac and hurricane and then the one with him standing in front of the entrance ramp or whatever oh, i just thought of a. uh nope forgot it again already okay we touched on this earlier when you were talking about how uh, you had a photo that was printed on a poster in the U.S. Was there like any other photos that you can think of that like how they got used just kind of like blew your mind? Like you you couldn't you were like, oh, holy shit, this is like kind of a crazy thing that my photos do right now. I can't think of like specific ones, but I know like two or three, I probably way more actually have ended up on like posters in Japan like yeah. advertising shows like yep. see like seeing shit in japan is always crazy i don't think i've had anything end up in mexico because i've not yeah. worked with an awful lot of uh luchadors um sure. up from the ones who like tour here on mass so they have all their promotional stuff sorted but like um yeah a bunch of like touring uh british wrestlers and stuff going over to japan and some like japanese wrestlers who've come over here as well mm -hmm. just uh yeah the portraits ending up there i think even something on japanese tv once I that's say. crazy like just yeah stuff like that is really fucking cool yeah uh, ways to see i think yeah like maybe it was a picture of uh, someone who ended up in all Japan recently. Cool. Uh, Danny Jones, maybe I think something. Okay. Whenever you see your your image pop up on a promotional poster from another country, you're just like, yeah. oh, whoa, uh, yeah, yeah, like, oh, this is legitimate, <laughs> and especially in Japan where it's like, oh, wrestling is serious here. And Chuck Taylor so was the first one for me. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It was uh, his first New Japan tour. He like posted a picture of him next to like the big thing, like that was on the I think it was Tag League or something like that. And I was like, that photo looks really familiar. And I was like, wait, I took that. And I like went through and like looked it up, and it was like one that I had taken. And he just liked it. I I I'd send it to him, and I was like, hey man, use this for whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like I don't really care. And uh, apparently, use it for New Japan. So yeah, whenever your photos end up in different uh like countries and stuff like that it's just like especially if you don't really know how they got there and you're just like ah, this is amazing like it's yeah. it's yeah it's a always bizarre, a cool feeling stuff like that it's really cool chuck um, tate is a guy i'd like to shoot more often i like shot him yeah. once in new orleans um and he just seemed like a really easy like he works with the camera very well at ringside so uh yeah yep 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 uh, i thought you meant posed him oh no i don't think i ever i don't think i shot <laughs> posed maybe that show him and Trent just like kind of like fuck around for a minute and you just kind of have to like do your best. I love yeah. those guys. They're awesome. Yeah, ringside. He, his facials are fantastic. I have so many photos of, of I've been lucky enough to work with him a lot. And I have so many photos of him just like such interesting, like expressive facial things. I remember the the point that I was going to make. We we talked about Liger and, and uh, a couple of the opportunities, but we were discussing earlier, like gaining people's trust in order to be able to make more powerful images right like sure. the more you're kind of around the more people kind of understand that you're not going to portray them in any sort of light that they're not into um and you're not trying to like expose any like weird parts of the business or anything like that the more they kind of like open up and you look at like that portrait that robin took of liger like the the, the farewell portrait with like his mask off from behind and stuff like oh, that sure, yeah if he was just if he was just a guy that worked for a company that hadn't shot with him a bunch of times had you know like was well trusted by rev pro well trusted by new japan like well you know what i mean like he would have never had that opportunity to make that photograph so in wrestling especially it is it's uh it's pretty tricky to uh not tricky i shouldn't say but it's important to 
to be able to gain that trust of, of people and stuff like that. And then what's like an experience that you've had that you, because of shooting wrestling that you wouldn't have necessarily otherwise had? Obviously, wrestling in general is an experience that none of us would have had if we wouldn't be in it. But like, you know, maybe it doesn't have to necessarily be specifically wrestling related, but uh, just something you were able to do that you were like, holy shit, I can't believe I got to do this that kind of had some sort of a backbone in wrestling. Um, we got to, uh, this was a few years ago, Progress were started doing uh, music festivals. Yeah, so download, right? To, uh, the, the first year they did Sonosphere, which yeah. was, I think, the last year that Sonosphere happened in the UK. But it's the same same kind of music, basically, as Download. And then the uh, year after was Download. And uh, yeah, those were, like, especially Sonosphere, it was just such a nuts experience the whole weekend, getting to go there, basically drink most of the day right. being be, being paid to watch all these awesome bands uh, the weather was amazing um i remember somehow at like two o'clock in the morning myself eddie dennis chuck mambo and mark andrews managing to sneak onto main stage yeah uh, getting that's crazy faced off by a security guard in a golf cart yeah um and like stuff like that, like that was really cool. That whole, that whole, especially, especially Sonosphere, that whole weekend was amazing. And the lighting was fucking sick as well because it's a music festival. Yeah. So I got to take so many cool photos. But like being able to work, and we were in, I think it was like the artists camping and catering and stuff. So getting to like <laughs> just seeing like baby metal and catering and fucking all right. these bands and stuff like that was really cool as shit. So like having access to that was uh, really awesome. And yeah. um, off the back of doing a lot of photography for wrestling, I ended up doing a bit, and I still do now, a bit, little bit of refereeing. And yeah. ended up getting flown to France a year or so ago to referee like a Very show cool. in the middle of an arts festival in the south of France uh, with uh, Cassandro Exotico. And, uh, He's incredible. Who's, like, I'm under no illusion. It's because I'm like an amazing referee. It's because he, I'm probably the only referee he knows in Europe. Because <laughs> I, right. Uh, bunch and like taking photos and stuff and he's a super fucking cool guy Very um, cool. yeah getting flown uh paid and flown to the go to the south of france to referee wrestling and then drink beer in a fucking weird old castle afterwards right all, all because you wanted to hang out in a like a we call them legion halls here i'm not sure like what you guys have here that's similar but you know just like dive venues or whatever for senses, like, 100 people you know like that yeah and it just yeah, all kind of snowballs from there crazy yeah. so i remembered the thing that i was i was trying to touch on earlier and i think it's a good a good point to kind of like leave off on here i feel like we haven't touched on a lot of different stuff we might you know if this if we end up doing this this podcast for a while it might have to might have to do a part two we didn't even touch on your promotion that you run and stuff like that um we're, we're at about the hour mark here so i don't want to go too much longer uh if anyone's listening i don't want to bore them completely to death we were talking about like those candid moments and stuff like that and how later they become more powerful but it's kind of hard to see that in the moment like it's kind of hard to see like what these specific like it's just kind of the stuff that's happening that we're kind of used to like sure. you know people people talking after their match or whatever but then you look down five years down the road like oh an image of this person that's like in this position in this company and has done this and is in this continent now or doing this or whatever with this person who's doing this and it like uh you know encapsulates their friendship they had at that time or whatever their relationship was at that time they become like really really important as they as they age you know what i mean and i i guess that's something that i didn't really consider uh until maybe a couple of years ago and now especially as i'm going through a bunch of old hard drives and stuff like that uh, i feel like photography and 
2020 or you know in the recent era has such a short shelf life like it's especially with wrestling it's like if you don't get the photos from that matchup two days later or whatever like they kind of don't matter anymore unless if it's a huge huge i sort of think that like we've kind of fucks that a little bit because sure. we're so quick to put you them have. online now. You guys have. Yes. You and yeah. Basil and... and I take you. weeks, I'll okay? Take <laughs> I have to show. develop my film, Rob. Okay, yeah. That's, that's very <laughs> um, but You're right, yeah, though. I feel like we've fucked it a little bit because we get... And it's great because, like, you get it thrown up so quickly. And so they're right there for people to see. But, I mean, it's the same with Beyond Demand as well. Like, it goes up the next day in some places. But it's just like a shame. Uh, but then again, like there's still ways to work around that. Throw up the f- album, save yeah. a bunch of photos back, and drip feed the photos. So right. like, whilst I'm criticizing myself, I'm like, no, just yeah, work differently around it. You know, I I, I get what you're saying, and I I think that's absolutely valid as far as like um our workflow or like the the workflow of people kind of like that rat race of like getting the first images out especially because there's so many people shooting ringside and stuff like that and it's like there's a big moment you want to be the first one to to post your photo of that because then that's the one that people associate with it and stuff like that there's a little bit ego to that but there's also uh just wanting to get your your work seen you know what i mean you put a lot of work into it you talk about making drives when i go to chicago i drive five hours each way you know what i mean like there's a lot of time and effort you're putting into making sometimes a very finite amount of photos that that mean anything or matter to you or turned out or whatever so you're proud of them and you want to those to be seen by the max amount of people it, it feels like very ego driven of like it's not it's not about the like the likes or whatever on instagram they kind of a, a gauge of how many people are seeing what you're what you're doing which is like that's why they kind of like have that sort of value if, if, if it's one of those things where you're you know you've, you've figured out the bot farm and you're buying and you have eighty thousand followers and twenty thousand likes per photo but nobody's really looking at it like it doesn't yeah, matter but like or to put it up for, i'm glad they've like hit it i don't know if they have where you are but they've like hidden my likes and stuff so yeah. like it takes me out that. of like constantly checking and like just upload stuff that you like yep that's it like it doesn't really matter if, like it's great that people like it and it's great to get approval and positive feedback but right. at the end day like you just want to upload shit that you like gotta obviously like pay attention to stuff that's gonna like make you money and be commercially successful because that's how like we eat uh but um you know for the most part like on my instagram it's just stuff that i like yeah it's kind of there's there's kind of a a cross-section of like the stuff that you like and the stuff that's gonna that is Oh yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't say like I had a, a low, a, like a, a lull on photos. Sometime I'll throw up a picture of Pete Dunn because I know I, that'll get like a fucking ton of likes. Exactly. Same. I mean, same with me and like Darby. You know what I mean? It's like I, I've shot that guy a bunch. Uh, that's another guy that would seek me out. Like you know, we like we, we became like uh, friendly pretty quickly. You know, after the first time I shot him or whatever. But like when we would see each other at shows, he'd be like, "Hey, are you shooting photos tonight?" every time and i'd be like hell yeah man let's like let's go do it and he would always make time i mean half the time he'd show up in his face paint anyway so it wouldn't really matter like it's not like he's got to do anything but yeah i think uh, i got like five minutes with him at strong style like great. over the course of a day or two which was uh, so easy to yeah, photograph then he was up for doing anything yeah last time i saw him him and lax both <laughs> uh, i took him back to his hotel after an aew show and took his portraits in like a uh, parking lot of like a marriott <laughs> uh, like against like a retaining wall 
just yeah. like outside at like two o'clock in the morning uh, and then went to the Waffle House next door and met up with LAX and then we went and did the same thing. So yeah, I mean, it's like, it's it's crazy how that stuff sort of works sometimes. So yeah, I, I think I think that's a, a pretty good place to end it. Thank you, Rob, for, I don't know if this is necessarily going to be the first one that gets put up, but this is, you know, to, to really look behind the curtain, this is the first one that we're recording uh, of of the Bad Light podcast. So I appreciate I appreciate you being a good friend through all of this and, and kind of being my guinea pig while we figure this thing out. Go ahead and, and kind of plug where people can, can find you on the internet. Yeah, sure. I am on at Rob Brazier Photo on Twitter, and I think at the Head Drop on everything else like Instagram and Facebook. I don't really update my Facebook. I did it for the first time in no like on Facebook yesterday. <laughs> And uh, like, yeah, fuck Facebook. But Instagram, yeah. Instagram's the main one because you can like, there's fucking pictures there and stuff. So Instagram at the head drop. It That's is. I checked name. before this. That was that was the the one little bit of note that I made. <laughs> yeah. I had cool. to think myself. I have no idea. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Rob. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. And you take care. Yeah. <laughs>